0: Second, two seconds, Riddell all the way outside to Watford. Three on the way. Oh, N-Y-M! N-Y-M! and one out. And one out. And Indiana wins the ball
1: game. Welcome to the first ever episode of the Hoosier Experience podcast. I am joined by Scott Schulteis, my co-host. How are you doing, Scott?
2: I'm doing great, Aiden.
1: Excited to get everything started here. So let's begin uh, kind of our, our podcast journey here by introducing ourselves a little bit. Um, I'll go first. I uh, just want to say, you know, I've, I've, I'm not a Hoosier in the typical sense. I, I grew up in New York, I moved all over the country, um, and, and ultimately ended up here, and I'll be in, in, at Indiana University next fall. So I'm excited to, I, I'm not a Hoosier by heart, but I, I am excited to sort of speak about my own experience uh, and speak about basketball because I've I've grown up around basketball um, and I've just always I played it for my whole life. I think I'm pretty qualified to speak about it, uh, and I look forward to to getting into different topics relating to basketball at all three levels uh, on the podcast with you.
2: Yeah, uh, unlike you, Aiden, uh, I have been a Hoosier my whole life. Grew up here in Evansville, um, and and basketball is a a big part of my family really so my grandfather was a head basketball coach here in indiana at jasper my father was a head basketball coach here at jasper and at washington catholic and uh just just all in my family basketball it's all we talk about at at family gatherings so you know i definitely have some extensive knowledge of heated arguments between my uncles uh and my cousins so you know i love to talk Indiana Hoosiers and and everything like that
1: yeah and you, you say extensive knowledge I, I just want to make sure that, that anyone listening to this who who would question our our basketball expertise needs to know that that basketball is different in Indiana and I think it's kind of hard to like describe it or even sort of quantify it but if you've lived in indiana you know what i mean is that fair the
2: energy is different here uh i don't think anyone will really know it uh, if you haven't you know walked out on the floor uh for a sectional championship game even if it was 1a like we played it's it's a different atmosphere and and kind of a different feel
1: to it yeah so I, I just want to just want to make that clear. Uh, Indiana basketball is different. Indiana basketball is insane, and we want to we want to talk about it here, but not just Indiana basketball. We want to touch on some of the more national uh, basketball talk, talking points, like we will on today's episode. Um, but I think the interesting part is seeing it from the perspective of people who have lived in Indiana, relating it to Indiana, um, and so. With that in mind, let's get started here. So, we're going to talk a little bit today about the, the G League announcement. Uh, Jalen Green, arguably the best player in the country, uh, about a month ago, he comes out and says, I'm not going to go to college, I'm not going to go to Memphis, I'm not going to go to Auburn, I'm going to go to the G League select team. Uh, this Southern California uh, NBA-sponsored team that will all make every member of the team is... Is supposed to be top high school prospects. They'll all make six figures. Isaiah Todd, a five-star. Jason Nix, a five-star. They both join him. Kai Soto, the four-star, comes over from, from the Philippines. And so, I, you know, I want to get your what, – what, what was your first thoughts on this? Because it, it came out and all over Twitter, all over social media, I saw huge statements in both directions, either – the NCAA is dead or the NCAA is going to be hugely benefited from this because now it's just going to be four stars and you can kind of home grow your talent. So so what did you initially think about it? Um, Definitely not on the aspect that the NCAA is dead
2: because at this select team. And yeah, they're bringing in some top players, but it's it, it's not thousands of players. You know, the NCAA right. brings in. So many guys. So in that regard, I don't think the NCAA will ever truly be dead. Um, But it is interesting to to talk about the one and done player who may be kind of drawn away from going to the NCAA. If those benefits, the end goals go to the NBA. So if the benefits in the NCAA aren't, you know, what they are in the G League or overseas, um, then there may not be, you know, any incentive to play in college.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. You know, you look at something like this year, and a lot a lot of talk has been made about how will this affect the popularity of the sport? If we don't have guys like Zion Williamson, like R.J. Barrett, like the guys that we've seen go one and done the past few years, how will the sport be affected? And I look at this season where we didn't have that huge star of Zion's caliber. We may never have a star of Zion's caliber. Yeah. But, you know, Anthony Edwards played at Georgia. That was kind of a low profile. He, he kind of, I don't think many people really got to see him play because he wasn't always on national TV. Yeah. So what did, what did you think about this season in terms of popularity? I definitely think it was less popular than when Zion was there. But I still think people enjoy college basketball and are going to enjoy college basketball regardless of who's out there. The
2: The thing about, I mean, Zion, Zion's, popularity was insane he's all over sports center anytime you go on instagram go on twitter it's a video of zion dunking and this year there wasn't really a player of that caliber obviously um but something that i think um is going to be interesting with this G league is people love the underdog the jimmer Fredette, the buddy healed the guy that stayed 40 yep. years um and made a name for himself so i think that 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 is going to be probably the most interesting to see you know in the coming years and and make people want to watch it more because uh, the four-year player is, is basically non-existent in the NBA. Um, And, and I think that's probably, that might, you know, bring the NCAA more popularity, more, you know, want to watch more competitive. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And do we see teams like, uh, like Dayton this year who go, who have three losses, get up to number three in the polls, had as good a chance as anyone to win the tournament And we saw a guy like Obi Toppin come out of nowhere and become a star this season, obviously winning all the National Player of the Year awards. I actually think if more one-and-done players leave the sport, like you say, more four-year players, more underdog stories, sort of – and I think those are the things that college basketball was built on. And I think a return to those kind of – ideas ideals if you will is is actually going to end up benefiting the sport even if it suffers from a lack of star power
2: yeah i mean honestly all it can do is make things more competitive because these one-and-done players i mean yeah they want to win but anthony edwards didn't go into georgia thinking he was going to win and the ncaa championship he went to georgia thinking i've got to put up a good amount of points and i've got to get my draft stock up you know these, these guys aren't I mean the one and, I I don't want to you know talk badly about the one and done players but their intentions you know aren't to kind of give give the school everything and and commit to the team and commit to the coaches. Um,
1: yeah, I agree. Then, I mean I think then, Zion was Zion was a rarity in that because Zion Do you remember Zion when he like had the shoe injury, and then he comes out, and people were like, oh, shut it down, bro, shut it down. Yeah. yeah. And then he's like, no, I'm actually going to go out there and play for Duke and try to win a championship. Yeah, That's these, a rarity. All
2: these players are competitive, and, and all these players want to win and want to play, Um, but it's different when you know
1: you're going to make a
2: million dollars in a few months. So I think that you know, kind of not eliminating the one-and-done player, but decreasing the one-and-done player is going to be huge for the competitiveness of, of college basketball.
1: Yeah, I think you're right, and and let's talk a little bit about the sort of the facts. Let me give some of the facts to, to people who might not know. So these guys are going on to a uh, G League select team. It's going to play permanently in LA. They're going to play about 20 games. Green is going to be making the most money. He's going to make, make about 550000 and all the others will make over 100 k at least before endorsements, which is obviously huge. Um, so so I, my question is to to those that are, and and we just talked for a little bit, we didn't, we didn't really bash the one and done players, but, but I think it's important to understand that, like you said, their goal is to get to the league. So why would they not take the money and the chance to go play a a shorter schedule against real men and next year? And and especially in the context of COVID-19, where we don't even know what the season's going to look like next yeah. year. Yeah. I mean, why would they not I do I think that? I
2: I mean they're they're really other than other than the college experience, you know, I've spent a year in college and it's great. Um right. but you know, I think guys like RJ Hampton, uh, LaMelo Ball, he didn't really have a chance to go to college, but you know, they looked at it, why would I go play against probably lesser competition um when I can go overseas, play against grown men. Make money while doing it, um, and and the the incentive is slim for the NCAA right now.
1: Right, and so so what what do we think? Do we think because you think about a one and done player choosing a school, and when he chooses the school, the fans go insane. We just saw it with Christian Lander choosing IU. Yeah. Speaking about IU, Christian Lander comes out and says he's reclassifying to the class of twenty twenty. He's a five star point guard. He's coming in next season. IU fans go crazy. Is there a... Uh, see, if I'm a one-and-done prospect, I have to seriously take into account how good of a feeling it would be to just be the man on campus for a year. What, what would it be like at IU if if IU lands a top three, four, five prospect and he produces? If, if IU had a Zion... I mean, uh, we well, can kind of
2: go a couple years back to how... Kind of huge Cody Zeller was, how huge Victor Oladipo were for IU. I mean, they're celebrities on campus, and yeah, I mean it. If that experience is is different than one you would get um, in the G League, because you know everyone knows you, and everyone you know wants to talk to you, wants to take a picture with you. So you know that's definitely an interesting experience. Definitely one that you know is is still. Um, like interesting to, to high school players and um, yeah, the, just call it the college experience in general, you know, you're, it's, it's good for, it, it's an, it's good for, for any player.
1: Yeah. I think it's, it's something we've, we've all who've played basketball have wanted that feeling, right. To yeah. go walk around campus. Everyone knows who you are. You're, you're, you know, you're, you're just, you're just a celebrity, like you said. So I, I think, I do think – what do you think about this? Do you think in the future how many of these guys are still going to see that and go, okay, yeah, I want that. I don't want to go to the G League and just sit in L.A. for 20 games. And I think it's- Do you still think there will be some top 10 guys who go, yeah, okay, I'm going to go to college for a year or two well, yeah. years? I mean, if,
2: if if there's a guy that – like a Trey Young who said he thinks he's a little bit better than he's ranked, so I'm going to go to college and I'm going to put up 20 and 10. Um, And then I'm going to be a top five pick. So, I mean, there's, there still is, you know, an incentive for that, but if you're Jalen green, you know, why, why go to college? You're probably, I mean, as far as talent wise, he's, he's one of the best players and will be in that draft class. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's just tough.
1: Yep. It makes total sense. And, and I wanted to, to switch gears here, still talking about this, but Penny Hardaway, so so Jalen Green comes out and says that he would have chose Memphis if he had gone yeah. to college. Um, and so Penny Hardaway uh, comes out and says he, he goes on this little rant about Jalen Green and he, he calls it tampering. He says the NBA is tampering uh, with, uh, with prospects like Green and Todd, what, what do you think about that? Well, because I, I I see that and I'm like, well, dude, just just let let the prospects go, let the prospects do what they want to do. If you're recruiting this guy, you know he has that option, and if he ha- if he chooses that, then it's just like he chose another school. I you mean, lost. A, now move on from that.
2: Tampering by the by the G League. This is you know this is just a better opportunity for him. Um, you know Penny's yeah. done a little bit of tampering himself with James Wiseman, so. I don't know. If, I don't yeah. Know if Penny did well, yeah. that, but I mean this—this this isn't cruel by the NBA or unfair by the NBA. You know, this has been an o this was an option last year. No one really explored it. I know Darius Baisley kind of got into it, but but didn't really play in the G
1: League. So, yeah, yeah. Pen- Penny to to come out and say that after you pretty much paid off James Wiseman's <laughs> yeah. mom and seems we a all, little. Uh, wanted to see
2: James Wiseman play, so. I mean any yeah, can just exactly. be
1: quiet for a little bit until his team you know if, so. if, if if this was Wiseman if this was Wiseman and I, if I, if I asked James Wiseman, "Hey James, would you rather do what you did, play 3 games at Memphis or choose the G League and make over a million dollars with endorsements?" What do you think Wiseman would say? And he his draft stock has dropped. Yes, yeah, I think if he would have chose the G League, he would have been a lock top 2 pick because exactly. he has that kind of talent. I
2: mean, I mean coming in you know, James Wiseman was, you know, the big seven-footer, going to run the floor, dunked everything. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, when you don't get a play or, or if a player gets hurt, you know, the, your stock just drops. I mean, he, no doubt that he's going to be a great player in the NBA. But, you know, it's just – it's unfortunate. The, the NCAA season is long, and, and, you know, I think the G League route – you know, it's probably just a little bit more appealing to me. If, if I were a top prospect, I would probably go to the G League route.
1: Yeah. So you bring up that, that, uh, the point that, that the season is long. And, and I, I think that's a good one because 20 games is just not very much. It's not super taxing on your body. You're getting to play basketball all day without going to class. Exactly and you think about someone coming into the big test, someone goes to iu right a, a blue chip prospect goes to iu it, th- those games in january where you're you're having to consistently go face like iowa or michigan state on the road those and are when brutal you, and, and-, and add a
2: losing record to that cuz cuz you know oh, these yeah, guys yeah. it is hard to compete when you're when you're a losing record team and you're going to michigan and you know you know you're going to get smacked like it's – that's what – I mean, it's tough about the NCAA season, especially if you know you're not going to make the tournament. It's just, like, you're a top prospect. Why are you still playing, you know?
1: Right. It's like, oh, my gosh. Like, if, if I'm Anthony Edwards this year and my team is just – like, Georgia was just out of it after yeah. January. Like, there was no point in yeah. playing February. They were done. And you have to grind through Feb through February, playing games, going to class. like. Yeah. I mean at that point, ah man that's tough
2: and, and Jalen Green the, I mean this is we're talking about Jalen Green specifically, but any of these guys, you know he can go he can play 10 games for this select team and average 30 and he's good. he doesn't have to play the rest of the ten. He doesn't need to he's you know you can prove because what people can do. have
1: seen enough. The Scouts have seen enough and, at and that people point.
2: had seen enough of Anthony Edwards at that point. there was no he didn't have to be fresh right. anymore
1: right. And so let's, let's, we've been talking a little more about green. I, I want to get into uh, Todd and Nix here, who are are lesser players, uh, undoubtedly. Yeah. And to me, Todd is, I think Nix is a little better than Todd. I, of course, I'm not an evaluator, <laughs> I, I'm pretty much basing this up in of YouTube <laughs> highlights, but you know. If you're not a top 20 player, and I think Todd is, is kind of a fringe top yeah. 20 player, what what are we doing here? Why are you taking I'm, the deal? Because I just personally don't think he's going to be a first round pick, regardless of what he does. Like, I don't see, think someone he's like Todd so,
2: or, or Kai Soto
1: are those guys lock one and done? No, probably not. So.
2: Kai Soto definitely a little bit more of a project player. Um, but yeah, I mean, the potential is there, but. You know this. This is a scenario where you know why wouldn't you go? I mean, I don't know. I look at what R.J. Hampton and Lamelo Ball did and wonder why more guys don't do that because those dudes. Yeah, I mean R.J. Hampton was. I don't know if he hurt his stock at all, but but he's definitely definitely a first round talent. Um, Isaiah Todd, yeah. I don't know if he's a first round talent. DeShawn Nix, I really like him. I think he's really good, but he can't really shoot. Um, But other than that, yeah. I mean, I don't know why, if you know you're not going first round, there's not a huge reason to go to the G league other than you're making six figures and
1: you know, you're, you're making probably nothing in the
2: NCAA.
1: Right. Which that's, that's obviously the the benefit. And I I totally get, but if you're going to do that, then I would, I would go international like you said and like, you brought up earlier the Trey Young comparison, which I think is good. Trey Young was ranked actually worse than yeah. Todd and Knicks was yeah. coming out. and But like you said, he said, okay, I'm going to go to Oklahoma and I'm going to go 27 and 10 on you guys. Yeah. And I'm going to be a top five pick because I'm going to bet on myself. Now, maybe this is a case, and I, I think this might be a case of the NBA being less selective because this is the yeah. first year. And thinking like, okay, we're if you have a five star attached to you, yeah, exactly, like, they're taking. They want
2: you. big names to tie to it. Um, that's you know, that's probably their goal right now.
1: Yeah. yeah, but if you put to me, if you put Isaiah Todd in, in even in like the league Lamelo played in, the NBL yeah. in Australia, I don't think he's doing any. It's definitely difficult.
2: If you're a guy like Isaiah Todd, I don't, I don't really see the incentive of, of going to the G League. Um. Why not go prove yourself? I mean, obviously he can prove himself in, in the 20 games they're going to play, but, you know, who's to say they even play those 20 games? Uh, yeah, I mean, we'll see. I mean, we'll see. It's it's just – it's a weird situation for someone who's kind of like a fringe four or five star who really hasn't has – yeah. I mean, Jalen Green, his talent level is just – compared to Isaiah Todd and Nick's, He's, it's not close It's all. not close. So for him, a player like that, it makes sense. A player like Jalen Johnson, that makes sense. But for those guys, uh, I don't really know. I mean, uh, hopefully they can have a chance to prove themselves yeah. a little bit.
1: Yeah, you know, Isaiah, Isaiah if you're listening to this, go <laughs> prove me wrong. But I, I don't think uh, – we'll see. So the last thing I wanted to talk about, and, we, and we've sort of touched on this already, but the, the appeal of – uh, we we haven't really talked about the tournament yeah. yet, right? And the tournament is, I, I would argue is certainly a bigger. I'd say the tournament so an is probably
2: the biggest factor of the NCAA season, um, as far as draft. Hundred percent. You know, that's the chance to make or break. percent. You know, your career in the NBA. Like, do you want to get drafted? You've got to do something in the NCAA tournament.
1: Yeah, because and and I've I've heard. You know, all along, and people always say it that that the owners only watch yeah. the tournament, and this is kind of interesting because the NBA owners, like a Michael Jordan, who we know has has certainly had his fair share of, of missed draft picks, the owners watch the tournament and they base a lot of what they 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 and you know there's pressure from the yeah. owners if you're a GM. So your owners watching the tournament, and and I'm going to take us back to to 2014, I, I think it was. I don't know. Exact on this, but the Miami Heat and Shabazz Napier. Pat Riley, Miami Heat GM, watches the tournament. He sees Pat uh, Shabazz Napier go on this crazy run with UConn. They win yeah. the, ch- the championship. They take Shabazz LeBron Napier helps in the him first out, round. Le- Yeah, LeBron says, uh, That's my guy. Queen. That's my guy. And then <laughs> as soon as they draft him, he leaves. <laughs> but th- this guy was like a yeah, six foot I mean, point guard who couldn't, who I'm wasn't sure explosive.
2: That could have told you, you know, Shabazz Napier is a backup in the NBA, but you know that's why the NCAA yeah. tourney is so great because it gives guys a chance to to show. I mean, you're at the high. I mean, that's the highest stage of March right there. Everybody's watching. So if you yeah. can go out and put on a show in the tourney, then you know you're definitely guaranteed a first round pick. Um, if you have a deep run, and-
1: yeah. I mean, I'd even i I'd, I'd, I'd take that a step further. Jordan Poole is a first round pick because yeah, he hit Jordan one shot. Poole,
2: uh, he was – I like Jordan Poole. He was terrible for the Warriors, and he played a ton.
1: He wasn't that good for Michigan.
2: I he don't just think, hit a shot I, I, I don't don't Houston. I, I mean, I watched a few Warriors games. I don't think I saw him make a shot. Like, genuinely, I saw him brick probably 53s. Like, he, he had a bad year.
1: He, like, this guy, and I remember – because he was at La Lamere, where or I have some background at La Lamere. My dad used to coach and work there. He was the sixth man on Lalu's team. He goes La to Lalu's Michigan, a great program, but not Mont
2: Montverde. So, sixth man at Lalu is, you know. Right, right, great. right.
1: Yeah. It's important to say. Lalu is like a top ten program. That being said, yeah. he was the sixth man. He goes to Michigan. He hits his shot his freshman year to beat Houston from basically half court. We all know it. Everyone knows what I'm talking about because that's how this guy got popular. He comes back. He barely does anything. He averages like twelve points, and then he's a the first round that, pick the, the next year. That
2: sort comparison is why a guy like Isaiah Todd should go to college. You know, give yourself a chance to exactly to do
1: something. Go to college, and and maybe you're the guy. Don't who go to shot. Duke. Maybe though, you're the too Tate many guys, guys going
2: though. to Duke, and you're not are going to Kentucky, and you're not getting a chance to prove yourself. Emmanuel quickly. I thought he was really good in high school. Went to Kentucky. I don't. I don't understand why so many guys. I mean I know you want to play with other good players but they're they're not giving themselves a chance, I feel like.
1: I think you're right. Because you look at guys like when the guys who are able to get the tournament bump that we're talking about don't go to Blue Blood. Yeah. Most of the time. Most of the time it's the surprise team. It's Derek Culver exactly. last year on Texas Tech and he was good the whole season, but Jared Colbert, you know, remember, you remember Dante yeah, DiVincenzo for Villanova. He was a freaking top 20 pick. Probably picks.
2: the best player, one of the best players in the tournament. In the national championship game, he was probably the best yeah. player on the floor.
1: Yeah, and he was, he had done nothing Six-man the whole year. The and then he comes out and just dominates in the tournament, and he's, he's like the 17th pick or whatever he was. So it's, to me, I, I still think the greatest thing the NCAA has going for them is the lure of the tournament. The lure of the big stage. Obviously, we didn't have it this year, but which probably ended up hurting some people. Every year, there are two or three people who just fall yeah. out in the tournament and get drafted higher than they should. Or, And, and, and I'm not to say that some people haven't justified that. Even Chinsip hasn't been terrible in the league. And that's uh, but... one thing
2: that, that kind of hurt Romeo Lankford's stock. I mean, he was hurt. He was hurt last year. He was playing hurt but IU was also
1: right. Yeah. He had the thumb, like right? He thumb. had the thumb the but whole year. He
2: was also pretty bad. Like no one got, I mean, he didn't win. Like we weren't winning. And, and if a, if a scout's looking at that, like what, what has he done? I mean, he's playing on him. He's the best player on a mediocre team. He didn't get the chance to go to the tournament and right. kind of prove himself. And, and that, I mean, he's, he's a still lottery lottery pick, but it definitely hurt his stock a little bit.
1: Right. And, and, just keeping it in that context of IU, uh, you know, something like this year, had we had the tournament this year, Trace Jackson oh, Davis could have easily go- come out. He comes out and just goes beast mode for two or three games. IU probably loses at that point. He's yeah, probably I a first mean, round pick. You,
2: at that point, you kind of know you're, I mean, he probably would have known, you know, I'm gonna go first round. Why would I turn this down? I mean, I, I we're happy back because right. we're gonna have a really good team, but I mean you know, Trace Trace probably had a chance to go first round if, if, you know, we play in that tournament.
1: Yeah, I think he did. I think he absolutely did. Um, So we're going to take a break here and then we'll get to our interview. Um, That was kind of just talking about the G League a little bit and we'll get to the interview. Before we get to our interview with Nick Baumgart, I want to take a second and encourage anyone listening to this to donate to the Minnesota Freedom Fund Uh, or a fund like it, uh, this is a tough time for black Americans in this country and I would encourage anyone listening to this, if you can, to make a donation to the Minnesota Freedom Fund, your local bail fund, or another organization that supports black America. So we are joined now by Nick Baumgart. Nick uh, covered IU this past season for Rivals. He has recently started a new website bombhoops.com. Nick, how are you doing?
0: Hey, I'm doing good, guys. How are you guys?
1: Well, we're doing well, ready to talk some Indiana
2: basketball and and everything like that. So uh, let's get started.
1: Yeah, so uh, we want to have Nick on because I think he is uh, interested in many of the things we are, uh, namely IU basketball and, and high school basketball in Indiana. And I wanted to start Nick with something that we kind of have formulated this podcast around which is the idea of the hoosier experience so i have been all over the country and when i got here to indiana two years ago i just it it just realized that basketball is just so different here than anything else so you played you were a pretty good player in high school you played some college ball what do you think about that that the idea that that in indiana basketball is just different
0: well, sure. I I, I did a, a stint out in Western Colorado in the mountains uh, for about three years outside Aspen. And uh, this was maybe five years ago. And so I would go to games, Glenwood Springs High School, Aspen High School. And, you know, there's there's 70 people there, 50 people there. Um, so I don't know. You know, you, you, you come back to Indiana and, and there's. 2000 at a, at a bad high school game. Right. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, I just think just based on our culture here, just, you know, there's, you need something to do, you know, and in Colorado, it was, I was told people it was funny. There was like a ski lift that would, that would go out of the back of Aspen high school. That's their <laughs> yeah. thi- right. That's their thing in Colorado. And right, in, in Indiana, right. we need something to do. And, and we've just, we've just latched onto it. And over the years, and, and certainly Bobby Knight helped that, right? Exactly. Um, but, you know, it, it's kind of become who we are as our fabric.
1: Yeah, I think that that's an interesting point. I just think it it is... I've lived in like four or five different states. And, you know, I lived in North Carolina for a couple of years and went to like, you know, a couple of Duke Carolina games. And it, it's crazy, and they call themselves the Hoop State. But I think the, the kind of energy for around high school basketball here uh, is just kind of unmatched. So, so I want to talk about that a little more. You've been, you've come sort of come back, I think, is that correct to covering high school basketball?
0: Well, yeah. I mean, my, my background, you know, I, I, um, out of, out of college uh, I taught high school and coached outside Indianapolis at uh, Greenfield Central. And you know, just kind of wanted to see the see the world a little bit. I'd lived in Indiana my whole life, and and I'm for people that likes to get out and, and see things and understand things that are different, right? And so I left and, and came back, and um, I I got back into teaching a little bit and had an opportunity to get into the media, and so I went to work for ESPN Radio Evansville, and then you know, kind of from there, um, just kind of submerged myself back into it. I uh, was covering a lot of high school stuff, and, you know. I grew up here, and and there's so many good players that that go on un, unnamed, unmentioned. Nobody talks about them. Uh, the Scotty Scholtises of the world, right? And uh, so, but seriously, you know, um, there's just so much talent, uh, you know, that was going unrecognized or not being, um, you know, not given its its due. So yeah, I mean, I just kind of. I'm a basketball Jones and, and if I wasn't going to coach or teach, um, you know, the media side of it and and covering high school basketball, I think that's where my, my love is, you know, my, my heart is in high school basketball. I love, I love talking with kids, you know, the, I think the best part about it are the relationships that I've gotten, you know, to, to, to know kids over this last, you know, couple of years or whatever. And, um, you know, that's, to me, that's where my heart is.
2: Exactly. Uh, yeah. To piggyback off that, um, you kind of talked about a lot of the, the talent coming out of the Evansville area and around. What are some underrated players you think that aren't really getting a lot of attention right now, but could break out in the next year and, and you know, maybe see some Division One or, or low Division Two offers?
0: Well, yeah, and I think so much, you know, we get caught up on levels and, and all that stuff. And I was the same way growing up. I get it. As I've gotten older, you know my message to kids is is just to find some place that that's that's your fit, you know, that, that loves you and that you can love back. Um, but you know, it's talking about kids specifically. I think you have to start with Isaiah Swope at Castle. Exactly. Yeah, he's having a great summer, from what I've from from reports. He's been working out with Kiki Tandy, uh, who is the former University Heights, uh, Hopkinsville, Kentucky star.
1: Xavier right yeah he's got Xavier
0: now he's gonna he's he's if he can get his mental uh, outlook right he's gonna be an NBA player so you know that's who that's who Isaiah's working out with now and and um he's gonna he's working out with Cardell McFarlane and they're going to some some Nashville and Indy playing some different uh really you know some pros the Teagues are up there uh Lance Stevenson so you know, that's a kid that I I got to know a long time ago, a couple years ago, and he's just such a great kid. Like he just is a good good person and a smart smart kid.
2: Exactly. Definitely deserves some more attention next year from from. And he's
0: got he's got you know he's short. And that's his thing. He's he's five ten, and people look at people who are five ten and they just in in the basketball world and it's it's short. You're too short. Exactly. So he's got to get over that. Um, but you know, as far as talent goes, he's that's that's my guy. I, I love his feeling. Yeah. You know, he's gotta work on some things, gotta cut down on some turnovers. Those are things every kid has to work on as far as his intangibles and his raw talent, he's great. And then if you you know, moving on, um um you know, under I started this this little podcast series, right? Under the radar, where I talked to some different kids around the state that that were under the radar, and then you you start, I mean, it's such a blanket phrase but you know at Wrights you have you have Owen D's. now it's his team
1: Mm -hmm. right
0: Lander goes to to Bloomington this year and so it's now it's his team yeah and you know the knock on Owen has been his motor uh Owen has probably probably the five nicest sweetest plays you've seen all season last year very smooth when he wants to he's so smooth you know his next step is just getting his motor, and I don't know. That's, that's playing hard. That's just that's just playing his butt off. But he should average twenty points a game next year, easy. Um, yeah. You know he's 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 a he's a talent. Mm. Um, moving on from you know, if you want to talk about guys who actually have Division One offers, uh, Blake Sisley at Heritage Hills is great. <clears throat> you know he he just see him keep getting better. He's he's very good. Very good player, he's got to take that next step, but he's he's already there, he's he's progressing great. I think if there's a kid that's under the radar that I really want to watch this year, it's going to be Kurt Hoff. Uh, at Barry, uh, did not play last year, uh, it was a mess with his parents and Forest Park, and he ended up having to sit out at Barry. But uh, you're talking about a six-nine division one talent there, yeah. So, um you know we could keep going, you know, Jace Kelly at South Spencer, Michael Donohoe's a kid who's who's really under the radar. He's
1: Donahoe's awesome. We played Donahoe this year. he let us up.
0: yeah, I mean, he's an naIA probably kid right, but he's great. Uh, yeah, he's just a talent. There's so many kids you know like that. um you know if I was uh, if you're looking at twenty twenty two you know you have Julian North at Boston. Who we don't know yet. We're, we're The jury's out. He's, he's definite, you know, low major, mid-major, Division one player. Now, can he take the next step and become a high major player? But, but you know, those, those are the names that, that kind of jump out at me right now.
2: Yeah, that's what's great about this area is um, there's a lot of different schools, but, you know, also a lot of players that, you know, work and have talent and, and probably deserve to get looked at a little bit more than they do. Yeah,
1: yeah. How about my guy, Tyler Myers, Nick?
0: Yeah, you know, he's a kid that I'm I'm, I'm interested to watch. Here's the thing, and, and this is no knock against day school, right? Uh, Because I grew up with, with one of the best day school – a couple of the best day school players ever in Jeremy Willis and Ben Titus and, and Josh Neidig, right? Those yes, are my guys. sir. <laughs> Those are my guys. Yeah. No, no, I'm, I'm a day school guy, right? But – all right, you're a day
1: school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we love you. Oh, oh, I got
0: love. All I got love. But here's the thing that, that, and this is what Coach Myers and, and Tyler will find. They're already probably getting it, right? He had a huge monster freshman season. But it's what's everybody say? At day school. Competition. At day school. Competition. competition. And it's the same thing you see statewide. You know, you look at Luke Brown. Uh, Luke Brown is my, he's my dark horse for um, Mr. Basketball this year. You know, and people look at me like, what Luke Brown? Like, dude, he's going to average 35 points. He's going to have seven assists. He's going to have three steals, whatever. He's going to have numbers that are just crazy, but it's always a knock. So, you know, with Tyler, it's, it's, and that's the same thing with like, you know, if you want to take it another step, Trey Kaufman. He just yeah. doesn't play that the schedule that, that college coaches want to see when you're evaluating guys. So, you know, with Tyler, Love the talent. Can't wait to see where it goes from here. Um, but one of the things is they're going to have to beef up their schedule. Yeah, I agree. I totally But I agree. love the talent. Um, don't don't get me. I mean, I'm, yeah. Don't, don't take don't leave from this and say, oh wow, he doesn't. He's you know knocking him because of date. Well, I mean, I'm just. That's why I try. I try, to, I try to give the truth. and yeah, uh That's That's what we're here for. You
1: know, it's totally fair. I you, you talk about Trey Kaufman and. So you have. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about him. Obviously, there's an IU connection there. Uh, most IU fans seem to think they're getting him. Um, what What do you think about that? Because you went on Twitter, you talked about. Ah. Okay, well, he he thinks, and I know this was uh, this was this blew up, but you know he thinks uh, the UK, the UNC's of the world are, are going to come after him. What, what do you think? This there? is the
0: thing you'll find about covering <clears throat> IU basketball and. Uh, there's different kinds of fans. Some fans are looking for the truth and that's what I'm here. I just want the truth. I don't, I hate not knowing reality, right guys. That's my thing is I want to know reality. And sometimes, you know, I have to say, oh, I'm wrong or just... <clears> this. <throat> do I think Trey Kaufman's going to go to IU? I do. Do I think it's going to take some time to work out? Yeah, I do. And that was my, that was my thing back. A month and a half. I mean, it's been now, what, two months ago? I mean, you should have saw my mentions. My mentions were bloody. Uh, you know, telling me that I was a moron, that I should, uh, I don't know, jump off a bridge, whatever they were telling me. <laughs> I was telling them something they didn't hear. Well, here we are. We're two months out, right? Has Trey Kaufman committed yet? No. He has now. No. He's, well, I mean, I guess I'm kind of right. I think he's going to end up there. But you have to understand, here's a kid coming off of, I mean, he won Gatorade Player of the Year as a junior, which, I, I you know, I, there was a lot of good kids in 2020 that deserved that. It's, it's more of a community service, academics, and, and Trey had all those, but so did, you know, so did Dre Davis, so did Anthony Leal, so did Trey Galloway. Right. So that was kind of a slap, but, but anyway, in his mind, if you're, if you put yourself in Trey Kaufman's position, here's a kid coming off of winning Gatorade Player of the Year. First team all state AP in Indiana. That hasn't been done to win Gatorade player of the year. Do you know the last person who won that as a junior? No clue. Greg Odin. Oh. The, wow. the yeah. Wow. So that takes you back to 2006. Um, so you gotta think in Trey Kaufman's mind, he's thinking, I'm Duke. I'm Kentucky. Yeah. Good. Exactly. Right. Right. Uh will he get there? I you know, I don't think so. That's just and that's just my honest. Um, hey, I would have liked to have gone to Indiana too and played. Right, I wasn't good enough. <laughs> so you got to be honest with, with the situation. And, you know, he's just again. It comes back. Had he had he put up twenty five points, and nine rebounds, four a schedule. You know, I don't know. Um, I think Max Preps did a, a little thing this year where where Indiana four a basketball was tenth in the country as far as leagues go. You know. Um, prep school, yeah. top prep schools out in, in New Ham, like, you know, New Hampton and all those in, in the new England. And that's where you see a lot of John, John Calipari recruiting. from, Right. Um, if you pay attention to where these guys are, they don't go, they don't come from high school much. Yeah. Uh, Sky Clark, he's a kid that Indiana offered in 2022. And, you know, he's from LA, went to high school in LA. Well, he's going to, um, He's moving to Nashville. Brentwood, Brentwood right? Prep. Where uh Garden Brentwood played. Prep, exactly. Well, guess 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 who's behind that? John Calapari. He wants he wants him at Brentwood Prep. So I don't know if he's behind it, but that's the rumor. Okay. So anyway, um, you know, competition matters a lot and, and and I think that's why this AAU season not happening really, really hurts these kids because, you know, coaches are trying to mitigate their risk. Correct. Like they've got it. They're gambling. You know, do I take, do I take Aiden Koontz? Do I take Scotty Schulteis? Well, let me see him play. Easy decision
2: right. there. Right. If, but if you that know. were, if that were <laughs> no, the question, easy there, I think.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, we all know, we all know where we go with <laughs> No, Um.
2: but, but as far as IU basketball, we've, We've seen Justin Smith enter the transfer portal, and I just kind of want to pick your brain on the big man situation next year for IU because we have Trace, we have Joy Brunk, but not super deep at big man, Race Thompson maybe, but how does Justin Smith leaving impact IU, or, or how do you think we're going to replace his role?
0: Well, I think you're going to see a lot of small ball. Mm-hmm. You're going to see a lot of three guards, um, I think you're going to see a lot of three guards and like Hunter at the four or some with Trace Jackson Davis. Okay. Um, so that's how you get around that. Uh, um, you know, I think it's going to hurt Indiana. I do. Um, my, my opinion varies on what I think about Justin Smith. You know, he, he was a very polarizing, I feel like he was a polarizing player around the team. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember one thing that stood out in my mind distinctly was a press conference that went down, and I want to say it was after the Florida State game. And uh, if you go back and look, there was a, a back and forth between Justin Smith and Devontae Green where Devontae Green was saying, you know, Justin Smith was saying, we, we try to get Devonte to take good shots, you know. And Devontae says, looks at him and said, every shot's a good shot. And they're walking out of the yeah. room. No cameras are on them. Just watching them. And they're like, they are walk by me and they're bantering back and forth. Like, man, every shot's a good. Shot. I, there was there was some contention there. Right? Mm. There was there was a little bit of hostility. I think in a way it kind of helps um, because they just had too many people. They were Archie was going to play too many people. Yeah. And so it, it it takes 30 minutes and gives it out to some other people. So, you know, and I think Christian Lander in a roundabout way kind of played into that too because he's going to play.
1: Yeah.
0: Um he's there yep. he's not you know whether that's good for him and IU we'll see. Um we'll get to that in a, you know a second. I'm, I'm I love Christian's long-term ability but um but you know he's going to play and he's going to play over Trey Galloway, he's going to play over Anthony Leal. So you need time, and I think Justin Smith will even help there. Um, You know, we'll see. We'll see how a lot of it's going to come back to Jerome Hunter. Can Jerome Hunter pick up the rebounding? Yeah.
2: And that's kind of tough because he he kind of played more on the perimeter this year. Didn't see him much inside, but that'll be a little bit exciting to see if he can switch up his role a little bit.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you look, you know, he had a great finish of the season, shot really, really well, but now he's got to do all the other little things. Because if you look at his other stuff, like he just he didn't rebound real well, he didn't wasn't a great playmaker. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, but you know, it was his freshman year, and I, I guess, I guess we, it's so easy. These guys are so athletic and so smooth and so good that we like to think like. It's so easy. It's not that hard. It's but your first year in college playing college basketball is just it'll take your head off. Yeah, Man, it's a big I stage. never.
2: It's a big stage. Uh, I like Jerome a lot. I think he's going to be really good, especially in a couple of years. Um,
1: but you know, it's yep. a tough year for him. And what about what about another guy who who's a freshman? Armand Franklin. This guy didn't do a ton, but did show some flashes. I know you've talked him up a little bit, Nick. What do you think about him? Kind of versus drone punter. Maybe will they both be competing for the for time at the three? Who who do you who do you
0: like there? Well I think Armand is so intriguing because he can play one through three. Um you know, he can guard one through three. That's the big thing. Can you guard? Can you guard one through three? He can. So you know, do they do they play the same position? now? I mean I think they could play together pretty well. So I think they're in there together in the mix. I wouldn't wouldn't put them in as far as they're battling for the same minutes. I mean, they, technically, they are, but there's going to be plenty of time for both. The reason I think Armand's so interesting is he shot just like awful, uh, right? I mean, that's been well documented. Yeah. Um, he's not going to shoot that bad again. I mean, he was. You know, I just got done talking to this high school coach last week, Jason Delaney, and I said, you know, you did you see this coming at all? He said, no, no, did not see it coming at all. I think he's going to be fine. And I think he's gonna be fine too. You know, I, I talked to Alex Hemingway about him. Alex Hemingway loves it. It's like, oh Franklin's so good. Okay. So I believe Alex. Um, and you know, when you look at his numbers, um, he was just he was really he took a lot of really bad two, if you if you remember a lot of sh- like a lot of fifteen to eighteen footers, you know, he cleans that up yeah. and uh you know Talking about a six-five athlete who can who can go both ways, versatile, and should be a much better shooter. So the, you know, I said that the other day on Twitter. I said this. If there was one player I would I would kind of say, hey, here's a breakout candidate. I think it would be Franklin.
2: Very interesting. Yeah. it's going to be interesting to see how things will play out. Uh, definitely an exciting year coming
1: up for the Hoosiers. Yeah, and you you talked about Christian Lander, so let, let's talk about him. There seems to be sort of two different things here his role next season, his immediate impact, and then his long term potential. So, can you kind of break that down?
0: Well, it's you know, it's really interesting. Um, you know, it's just it's it's he's long term is going to be great. You know, I said this the other day, or I would written this the other day that I think. You know, you look at somebody like Ashton Higgins. Look how good Ashton Higgins was. Look at the body he had, right, coming into college. Mm-hmm. He struggled. And, you know, so a lot of it is, is. and we're in an unknown here with this coronavirus stuff, you know, how much Christian's been able to work out. He's certainly not been able to work out like he would have wanted. And, and, you know, so all that's up in the air. We don't know. At the, so short-term, at the same time um, – you know, I know he's not taking Rob Finnessy's minutes. He's going to play, so expect to see Rob and, and Christian together a lot. Okay. Um, but it's going to be tough. You know, it's it's going to be a really really challenging year for him, uh, uh, physically and emotionally. Uh, just a very tough. You know, he gets through this. He's gonna be. He's gonna be great.
2: You talked about um, his great potential, um, and but but as far. I guess his future is a little unpredictable. I see him as a probably a two-year at the longest player at IU. He, if, with a breakout year, I think he could probably go into the draft this next year. What do you think as far as how long do you think he'll stay?
0: You know, and again, it's not a knock, um, but I, I'm I'm thinking two or three years. Okay. Especially coming early, you know. You know, if he if he had if he had stayed rights now yeah maybe two maybe two years you know that's
2: Um, that's the only reason I say one is you know there's got to be something we don't know for him to reclassify he's got to have some attention beyond college for him to want to reclassify and maybe I don't know get into the pros a year earlier but you know that's just didn't for me is why reclassify if you don't have some attention beyond IU um, or something we don't know
0: yeah, you know, I, I I don't know. I don't really want to step too far uh, there because I don't know either. It's hard for me to understand the reclassifying early thing. just—how many times does it ever really work out? I mean, it does. It works out for a few few guys, but I mean, I'd have to go and look them up. I
1: maybe a few. You know times. what I'm saying?
0: So yeah. to me, I'm a guy. You know, when I when I came up. You know I'm a few years older than Michael Lewis Scotty so you can kind of um, you can judge how old I am. Uh okay. Back when I was coming up it was <laughs> the thing to do was to 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 hold off. You were yeah. trying to hold off as long as possible. You're trying to get as old as possible. So it, it's it's hard for me. I can't really talk on on things I don't understand. So I don't I don't necessarily agree or understand that. Um What's what's important though is to realize that you're talking about a 17 and Christian in this case will be 18, Mm -hmm. but you're talking about 18 year olds playing against 21 year olds. You know the Big Ten is such an old conference. Yeah, you you don't have a lot of guys leaving early usually from the the Big Ten. I mean, you're looking at Luca Garza coming back. Yeah, who's your Big Ten player of the year? Um, so it's an old conference that you're playing against. You ask anybody, nothing. I'd much rather play against some raw talent than some just old dude that just had all the tricks yeah uh so that's hard and and people don't talk about that with the big 10 as much but but that's something that you know christian's gonna have to learn on the fly yeah um so you know and he's a great talent smart kid and he'll get there yeah i think he will too And,
1: and just in terms of next year um you, again, you've talked about this a little bit, the schedule. So IU's gone pretty tough with the non-conference. Talk to us a little bit about their non-conference schedule and then kind of expectations. I think most IU fans uh, are expecting a tournament appearance. This team looks to be pretty good. But, well, what do you just, think
0: about and that? And I'll, I'll touch on that in a second. Just to finish on Christian, you know, I think next year you're going to see him come in he's going to knock down some shots. So yeah. that's – I mean—I think that's yeah. – he'll always be able to, to shoot for me. Um as far as next year's schedule goes, you know, I think we're still kind of waiting to see what's going to go on with the Gavit at this point. Yeah. We don't know if any is going to be fully committed into the Gavit, or Gavit games or not. That that would be a Big East uh, opponent. And I'm against it. Uh, I, I I said the other day, I said if I was Archie Miller, I would run as far away from the Gavit commitment as I possibly can. They – there's no need to play that game. Yeah. Uh, it's an incredibly tough right. game. And I'll get to that in a second. But, you know, with the Gavitt commitment, you have, they have to play one more time before 2023. I believe is what it is, 2023. So they have two more seasons after this one that they could get the Gavitt game, right? Yeah. So you're, mm-hmm. you know, and that Gavit game is the first week of the season. Early. So it's, yes. It's tough. And you're going. You're going, you got three in Maui. And if you've looked at that Maui schedule, the only team that's that's got a wink weak, weak link there is UNLV. Yeah, Maui's tough. Yeah. You get a bad draw. Yes, tough, you get a bad it? draw, and you're a good team, and you could walk out of there. Historically,
2: historically, IU hasn't been very good in Maui. So
0: one and two. You could walk out of there one and two. So just just say if if they win Maui, well, we'd have nothing to, to talk. Okay, we could talk about a completely different conversation. But at this point, if you lose Maui, that's two losses. Yeah. If you you're going you're, you're going on the road to either Virginia or Miami in the ACC Big Ten Challenge. You're probably yeah. going to lose that game. There's three. Say you have three losses, okay? Now you have Gavitt and we still haven't discussed Butler in the Crossroads. Um am I leaving out somebody? I think I've got them all there. But that's a no, 11 you, games you now yeah. This 20 this 20 game big 10 schedule has really really hurt i think i think it hurts the big 10 um you know so now yeah. so you've got to go nine and two
2: yeah and then you've got to play a tough big 10 schedule
0: maybe you go eight and three okay yeah. eight and three well okay eight and three and if you win say you win 12 big 10 games that would be really really good i mean i'm just it's going to be another yeah. big conference. Yeah. And anyway, so you win 12 games. That's, and you go eight in the non conference. That's 20. You know, so now you're, you're heading into the Big Ten tournament basically in the same position you were this year. That didn't work out. I mean, right. that, I, I had Indiana firmly in the tournament, but you know what I'm saying? It, it was. So what I'm getting at, I guess, is the Gavit game means to me, I think it means a whole, whole, whole lot because if you end up on the road somewhere, um, you know, you've you what you played Creighton at yeah. home, you played Marquette at home, you played Seton Hall on the road. Aren't they going to send? You have to play four times, so aren't they going to send in on the road? To, you know,
1: right? And is the Gavit... is that is that draw random? Uh or no, it's not
0: random. It's, um, you know, it's it's set up somehow. They set it up. I don't know exactly the 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 you know procedures or whatever, but
1: probably gonna be a pretty tough team on the road
0: anyway and you know how hard it is to win on the road i don't know maybe indiana gets lucky and gets three home games out of it i don't i don't see i think everybody would complain about that but um so that's that's just kind of where i'm at with the non-conference schedule Uh, i don't care take the cupcakes you know this this has really changed for me because at one point in my life one point in my basketball um a couple years ago I, i was every year i would I would say this schedule sucks. I hate yeah. the schedule. We need, you know, I don't know. Just at this point, get to nine, 10 wins in the non conference Yeah, game. we'll take it. <laughs> we'll definitely. Your it. so tough. Yeah.
1: Right. Well, uh, i want to ask you one more question uh, just about IU. I, I wanted to touch on, I just feel like we should, on uh, Trace Jackson Davis and kind of his expectations for this <laughs> year. Uh, he had a bit. <laughs> Pretty solid year last year, and uh, he's he's gonna be. You're a really trying to get right? me in
0: trouble here, aren't you? Um, yeah, no, he's a centerpiece for sure. <laughs> I don't know if you saw our exchange on Twitter the other day, um, but he retweeted my tweet when I said I expect him to be back for three years. Uh, I don't know if if he if he goes early, if he goes after next year, I would be shocked. Um, I just
2: don't think someone like him, like his play style. No knock on Trace. He's a great player, but as far as jump shooting, he just hasn't done anything so far. he needs, yeah, he needs a three, right? I mean, he needs what's a three. A three what's a move. three
0: in the NBA? Or A college three. Uh, it's a two, right? One, I mean, you know, yeah. from yeah, it's 20, 22 feet, 22 feet's a two, a long two. Is that a good shot? Is that a good shot in the NBA? I
2: mean, no one takes that shot. That's not
0: that's probably
1: that's
2: is probably
0: anybody the worst gonna shot in the so that's right my now. point I guess is so just because he can step out and knock down the three I mean you know if he steps out I don't but if I'm Archie Miller do I want do I want to I'm in year four of a very important year yeah, right he my year he needs to do something here
2: because like, <laughs> he needs and, impatient that's and
0: so point. here's the dilemma that he has do you uh, do you try to help Trace Jackson Davis this NBA stock by letting him shoot threes or 18 footers or whatever to show that he can, he's got a jump shot or do he's cause like, he's really good inside. Like he's really, solid. he's got great really good. And, and kind of
2: feel around the rim. It's
0: athletic. Great. Yeah, no, he's, he's pretty good athlete. Um, not, and this is what I got knocked on. Cause I said, look, he's not a freak athlete. No. And, and by that, I mean, times yeah, like suit, like don't get me wrong. Like yeah, put me up against him. Sure. he's gonna be a, a tremendous athlete. I get it. but we're I'm talking big boy. What's this big boy stuff now? Put your big boy pants on. We're talking NBA, exactly. And so you know, great. He's a great player, but I said, you know, if Luther Gardner's is not getting drafted. What makes you think that anybody's? I mean, Luca Garza shot thirty-six, thirty-seven percent from three last
2: year. Yeah, I wouldn't wouldn't do much comparing
0: with Trey yeah. and
2: Luka Garza because Luka Garza probably going to be the best player in the Big Ten
0: again, two years in a row. So yeah. I just don't understand. You know, and he got mad and he retweeted it and said bad take or something, and then my my mentions got bloodied again. So. You you, really to, you guys yourself, have to figure huh? this out as you go along where do you want because it's tough. You cannot make everybody happy. I'm am I'm a person I want everybody to like me. I really do. Like as a, you know, I, I try to be a good person. And I try to be nice. And, exactly. But in this you will find and it will be it will be your two it will be your hardest thing that you two will have to come have to do is to figure out where what do you go with your your honest opinion or, or do you sugarcoat things to make people happy? Mm-hmm. It's really, really tough. And so yeah. in that case, you know, I've just, and I've, I've, I've burned a lot of followers. A lot of, I've got a lot of, I'm done following you. Okay. It's fine. There's a lot of people that, that do appreciate the truth <laughs> and that's just what I'm trying to bring. Hey, and if Trace Jackson Davis comes out and, and is a lottery pick next year, I will retweet myself and say, I was wrong. I'll, I'll be the first. Freezing cold, you yeah, know, cold but taste. anyway, like um, Bumber. no, I think you know, if you've worked on, like I said, we're starting to ramp up bomb hoops a little bit. Um, we'll have that going here this summer a little more, but I ranked my top 101 players in the Big Ten, and, and I had Brace Jackson Davis. Uh, I think he's fifth right now, fourth. Yeah, I very, yeah, so I love, I love him. Uh, um, but yeah. you know, it's like I said, big boy pants, put your big boy pants on, and we're just not there yet. That's good for Indiana because I think Chris, Christian Lander coming back for year two with a senior Rob Fennessy and, and Trace Jackson Davis. Now, ooh, now we got something. Okay. We kind of need that next
2: step from the whole team, honestly. It's not just on Trace, but the whole team's kind of got to take another step and and hopefully be a lot better next year. Wow yeah. consistent.
0: Yeah, you know, and I think, you know, I've heard through the back channels, like I said, you know, Rob's not, he's not giving up his, his minutes.
2: Like, yeah. No, I he, think he's, he was probably the most important. I mean, give or take, he's probably the most important player when he's on the floor for IU. Just he's controlling the possession and, and one player that I trusted with the ball in his hands last year, you know, against the other guards.
0: Well, I think him and Christian really work well together too. They can, they can kind of play off each other, both can shoot the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, yeah, both can make plays. Both can get in the, in the lane, and and you know, if that was a, to me, if I was Christian, I would. That's all I would do. I would shoot threes, play defense, try to get to the lane, and find shooters because you're gonna have some shooters around you next year. Yeah. And If he does that, I mean, he's this. You know, he's gonna play 20 minutes a game. Christian will play 20 minutes a game, and uh, and we'll see. We'll see what happens. It's gonna be. Get your popcorn out. It's gonna be very, very interesting.
1: Yes. Yes, it will. Uh Nick Baumgart. Uh before we let you go here, I wanna let give you a chance to plug yourself. What, what are you doing now? We know you're working on bomb hoops. Uh ah, the floor well, is yours. Uh,
0: you know. Like I said, bomb hoops this we're getting that off the ground here and uh you know, just kind of waiting to see what's gonna happen with the summer. It's it's really hard to Me like so many coaches and so many other people in the media are waiting to see, you know, what these what's gonna happen with AAU. I know UIBL canceled their they're they're done. Uh there may be a tournament, I believe they're putting together like a top top twenty-five, eight, top thirty AAU teams out in Vegas, um, which is always a good excuse to go to Vegas. Um you know um you know it's kind of, kind of, yeah. of see what, what happens from there but yeah no that's uh that's that's kind of what what i'm you know i was i was with rivals this last year and uh the website changed hands and you know people make decisions and you know you got to make decisions for yourself and so that's kind of where that went but um but no excited to, to right. kind of see what the next chapter here holds
1: you can find him at Nick underscore Baumgart on Twitter. Get or out of Twitter.
0: his mansion. <laughs> that keeps me. No, come on. It keeps me entertained, man. <laughs> you know you gotta be. You gotta be tough. No, Scotty. <laughs> um, I really appreciate your father Ken's uh, friendship. Awesome. Ken's a good I'll guy. Th-
2: I'll tell him you said hi for sure.
0: Okay, you do that anytime, guys. Yep.
1: Thank you. Thank you. All right. You got it. Shout out Nick for uh, jumping on the pod with Scott and I. This has been Episode 1 of the Hoosier Experience Podcast. Stay tuned for Episode 2. It's coming soon.